Hello, and welcome to another episode of Book Kate, a podcast about books that we hate. I am your host, Ashley, and in each episode of Book Kate, myself and a guest will do a deep dive into a book that other people love, but we just happen to hate. Uh, today, my guest is my coworker, Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a Hi, little bit about yourself. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Thanks for letting me be a guest. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What kind of reader are you? So I am, when I was a kid, I was a struggling reader and I still struggle to read. Um, I enjoy reading science fiction and fantasy and books about um, kids and relationships with each other, like friendships. I like that kind of thing. Um, however, I, I do struggle following sometimes the storyline if it jumps around and skips. Okay. So do you have a favorite book? Um, my favorite all-time book is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. That's one of my favorite books. I read it every couple of years. Um, I don't really have a, I think a Harry Potter would be a good favorite for kids' books. Okay. I really enjoyed that series. I like the way it all came together. All right, sounds good. So today when I asked you to be a guest on this podcast of Book Kate. Um, I asked if there was a book in particular that you hated, and your first response was what? Well, at first I couldn't think of something really good, you know. Um, but then I realized, I remembered, I started thinking about books that I had read uh, with book groups that I had with kids. And one that stood out for me was Holes by Lewis Sacker. So I thought, well, maybe that would be a good one to investigate. And then I looked it up, and it won the Newbery and National Book Award and a lot of other really <laughs> yeah. big awards, and a lot of people liked it. And I thought... How come I didn't like it? What was it? <laughs> yeah, so plot twist, I had never read this book. I not read it as a kid, and I, like, I'm a smidge too old. Like, it came out in, like, 99, 2000, and so I would have been in, like, upper middle school, high school-ish when this book came out, and so I wouldn't have read it, and um, I didn't hate it. So this will be an interesting discussion. Um, yeah. I even, like... I hesitate to say it, but I even think I might have liked it if I had read it in school as a kid, So, um, which is not usually the case with me. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. I think I had seen part of, I've seen parts of the movie before I had read this book, um, which I thought was a fine movie. It was, I kind of knew a little bit about the book before I read it, and so maybe that helped. I'm not sure, but. Yeah. And I haven't seen the movie, so okay. I, I couldn't tell you how it compares. So we, before we get too far into what we liked and didn't like about it, I did want to talk a little bit about um, the author and uh, like reviews and how this book was received when it was published, because like you said... Uh, it won the Newbery Award, which we've had a couple books on Book Hate that have won the Newbery Award. But in case you don't know, listeners at home, that the Newbery is like the award for children's literature. Like, basically, it's like saying that this is the best book for kids this year. Um, so it won that award, and it won the National Book Award for young people. Um, it was also listed as number six on an all-time list of all children's novels. Ever. 
impressive. <laughs> yeah, uh, and 2013 is when that list came out. So, um, they it came right behind uh, Charlotte's Web, A Wrinkle in Time, which could be a future episode of Book Hate because also, yeah, I hate I that book. Like uh, time. <laughs> Harry Potter, The Giver, and Lion, Witch of the Wardrobe. So it's in good company on this list. Like most of those books are pretty well loved. Yes. Um, have you read anything else by Mr. Sacker? I don't know. Because of, I think this was his first, the first book I read. And because of my reaction, I don't think I did. Okay. And I was a, a children's librarian when I read it. Yeah. I read it uh, for a book group that I was running mm-hmm. for kids who like to read. And so they were uh, 9, 10, 11 year olds who were really advanced readers and they were looking for something um, to push them a little further, a little more than they were getting in their classroom. So I had a group of about eight kids that came regularly monthly and we would I would choose books to read and my go-to was kind of the new Barry. And this is a little bit thicker book. It's 230 pages, which for a 10-year-old is pretty good reading. Um, so that's why I chose it and why I read it. And also I listened to it as I was driving and listening okay. to this book was difficult, I think. Yeah, I wonder how that would change because with the time, like the two timelines that basically go through that. That's exactly what the problem was. There was no like music in between the switching of time. Suddenly Mm. you were in another story and it wasn't clear like that there was going to be a skip or a jump and I got confused and I kept rewinding my audiobook and being like what did I miss did I miss something who are they talking about what's going on you know and that was really confusing and I noticed um when I was reading it this time that I read the physical book there's only like a couple of lines to indicate that they're going back into time and that was something that I thought the author could have done better his wife is a zookeeper which I thought was really cool that's neat um and I had read some of his books. I had read the Wayside School series when I was a little kid. Okay. Um, and I loved those. I thought they were absolutely hilarious. It's basically short stories set in a school. So if you were a struggling reader, like, it's all self-contained. And so it's, like, just a few pages. And you've completed the whole chapter slash story. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, they were funny. He has been writing books since like 1979 and is still writing. So he's had a very long career. Um, some of his other titles include There's a Girl in the Boy's Bathroom and most recently Fuzzy Mud. And I, I unfortunately have not read any of those. Um, and then like I said, uh, Holes was also made into a successful movie. Okay, and so now we are going to move into our regular segment called Cover Talk. And it is where we judge the book by its cover. Um, Since Holes has been in print for so long, it's over 20 years, there's been a few different covers. Do you remember what cover you associate with this book, Michelle? I think it was like just a plain blue cover with orange writing on it. Very simple cover. Okay. So I... that we have at the library is really interesting. It's got kids peering down into a hole, so you're looking up at them. Mm-hmm. The lizard, and there's like, and the 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 O for the word holes is the hole that they're looking through. It looks oh. very, it's very clever. Yeah, I did re, I did see like a more recent one that I thought was a lot better than the, its original. I did remember the original. There's even a newer one 
than oh, what you have. Um, so Michelle has one where it has holes across, like, kind of the center of the cover and the hole in the O is the hole that the kids are looking down. There's another one where, like, the whole picture is the hole that they're looking down. Oh. Um, it's kind of, like, more uh, super zoomed in, I guess is what I would say. Um, but I think I remember the one that you were talking about with, like, the blue cover and the orange writing. Um, and, like, that one I remember, like, the top was, like, just, like, a royal blue with orange writing. And then underneath was, like, kind of, like, all these craters. And it looked like the surface of the moon. Oh, okay. And that's what I remembered. But then I, when I went to look it up for the podcast, there's actually, like, a kid in an orange hat underneath the craters. And he looks very creepy because, like, it's, like, a side view. But you can only see, like, one eye. But it's, like, his whole eye. It's... It's very, like, Pablo Picasso-esque, and I didn't care for it. And that's probably why I blocked it out, is I just cut it off before you get to the the head there. That makes sense. Do you remember, like, <laughs> liking the cover? Like, oh, yeah. I think it's very uh, attractive. Okay. I really think it's it draws you in. Like, why are these kids looking down, and what is with that lizard, mm-hmm. you know? And, of course, it's got the gold seal on it, too, yeah. which doesn't always mean anything. Sometimes the librarians choose books that kids just don't relate to. But in this case, you know, a lot of people really liked it. So it was it was a good choice on their part. Right, yeah. Um, it was uh, – that's kind of – it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I used to use, like, the Oprah Book Club seal as, like, a book that I knew I would hate. Like, if oh, it really? had, like, the Oprah Book Club, like, stamp of approval, I was like, oh, that's not for me. I'm not going to enjoy that at all. <laughs> so I'm going to read the published plot description. And then, Michelle, if you could re- share what you remember of the plot um, and see kind of how they match up. Okay. So Stanley Yolantis. Y- Yolantis? Yolantis? I don't know how to say his last name. Yelnets. Yelnets. Oh, that makes sense. Is under a curse. A curse that began with his no-good, dirty, rotten, pig-stealing great-great-grandfather and has since followed generations of Yelnets. Now Stanley has been unjustly sent to a boys' detention center, Camp Green Lake, where the boys build character by spending all day, every day, digging holes exactly five feet wide and five feet deep. There is no lake at Camp Green Lake, but there are an awful lot of holes. It doesn't take long for Stanley to realize that there's more than character improvement going on at Camp Green Lake. The boys are digging holes because the warden is looking for something. But what could be buried under a dried up lake? Stanley tries to dig up the truth in this inventive and darkly humorous tale of crime and punishment and redemption. So how does that match with what you remember? Darkly humorous. Yeah, like I said, (laughs) I don't get dark humor so much. It kind of matches... Uh, um, there is the destiny thing. I think the the pig stealing great great grandfather story, like he turns out to have been a nice guy who was like trying his best to do what he could. I mean, he wanted to marry this young woman who was fifteen, and she was getting married to a fifty seven year old. I mean, that's just ugh. Well, and like in the old lady's defense, uh. Everybody told told him that this girl is not worth it. Like, yeah, uh, like she doesn't care about you. She's kind of dumb. Like, you're better off not wasting your time. 
And eventually he realizes it. And when he realizes it, he breaks his promise. But he did feel bad about it. Like, I don't think he intentionally broke his promise. No. It's just... He and then let... he came to America and he found a, a lovely woman. Yeah. And he had a great life. So why why did this story be, come to, like, my great-great-grandfather pig stealing his bad luck, blah, blah, blah. He had good luck finding this wonderful woman who he actually married. And she loved him so much that she named his son Stanley because it was backward of Yelnitz and... Like, you know, and it didn't seem like such a terrible thing. All right, Michelle. So let's get into it. Why do you hate this book? I really struggled, like I said, with the timeline mm-hmm. and the jumping back and forth and the and the fact that I wasn't able to go back and, like, remind myself, like, what happened with that person? How did that happen? Like, I couldn't even – I didn't even follow the storyline of the grandfather going to the hospital and meeting – that's where he met his wife because mm-hmm. she was taking care of him. She was a nurse, and she told the story about that. I, I lost that as I was reading it. So I was losing okay. a lot of – old history as I was reading the the current time period what was going on and you found that even on the the reread that that was I did, okay yeah. interesting I struggled with that like the different timelines that's like a device that I tend to like I I've read quite a few books that incorporate that and I tend to enjoy them um like I think that's maybe the history nerd in me. Like, the past is always informing the present. Right. And so, yeah. I yeah. often I often skip the, I often skip chapters to go to, like, the next part of, like, the what I'm reading because it's so interesting. And then try to go back and read the past because, you know, the other timeline because I'm like, I, can't, I don't want to lose track. You don't want to sully your mind. But well, you can't do that in this book. <laughs> Well, and I am, like, a type of reader that, like, I can be reading a book and really enjoy it and then just put it down one day and not pick it up again. Like, I I can be halfway through a book and, like, just – not that I even lose interest so much is that, like, I just kind of forget about it or I move on to the next thing. Like, I just want yeah. a little bit of a change up. Like, I, yeah. Like, and so I think having the different timelines makes it feel a little bit more like more than one book at a time. Okay. Which is – Something that keeps me interested, but obviously doesn't work for you. Um, yeah. Remember what your book group thought of it? They liked it. They did. Yeah, they did. They did like it. They had a more sophisticated sense of humor than I do, <laughs> and they found the black humor and they enjoyed the story. They really liked the thought, you know, because they're kids too, and these kids are empowered. They liked the way in which the arc of the story went. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the humor in this book because. I did, like, going into it, I didn't know that it was funny or that it was supposed to be funny. But, uh-huh. like, thinking about it now, and I read this book Friday when we're recording on Tuesday. So I read it just a few days ago. Um, I can't remember, like, a funny part or, like, something that I was like, oh, that is funny. Right. It's very dark humor. Yeah. So I guess the smelly feet would be, like, something that would That's be funny. Humor. And, like, yeah, that his house always smelled bad. And the stolen pig thing. Do you think Stanley was kind of a passive character? He didn't seem to have a sense of himself. And, like, I think that that would have been something that would have annoyed me as a kid reading that. Like, 
Stanley lets a lot of things happen to him for a really long time. Yes, I think so. I think so. And I think that's why he got bullied. And I honestly, I do think he was bullied at the camp because he was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then he takes a hit for the other kids with the sunflowers and they Mm -hmm. don't even really seem to appreciate it. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, kid, if you're going to stand up for yourself, now's the time. (laughs) It's like the bullying he experienced at school because that was so overt like people were throwing his things in the toilet like picking on him constantly when he got to the camp and it was a little bit less noticeable the bullying like it was like oh we're gonna give you a nickname that you have no say in and like oh well you know if you want to stand in line here you have to like help me out like because it wasn't as like not like violent, but less overt and less like in your face that maybe Stanley wasn't recognizing it as bullying until it got to the point where it was violent, where he wasn't able to drink water during a hot day because he took the rat for the sunflower seeds. And I think he and Zero both like buried a lot of their anger and pain and were just like going along to get along. Let's get through this. Let's mm-hmm. just finish it up. No, your destiny's not written. You can change things. You can make things happen. And he kind of did make things happen. He taught Zero how to read. He, uh, you know, and then it turns out, like, that was the payback. And then his luck changed. But then they never addressed the uh, violence against the black man yeah. in the story. I mean, that was horrible. It was horrendous. Like, so reading it, I was like, I got to that part where Sam is, like, almost lynched basically, and um, is shot and killed in drowns. Um, And I got to that part, and I kind of, like, took a break, and I was like, whoa, I didn't see this coming in this book. And I didn't remember – I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't remember anything like that. Um, And so it it felt like it came out of nowhere. Like, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. It's just, like, it snuck up on you as the reader. And I wonder if that was intentional. Um, right. And then the story of kissing Kate became like a funny thing. Like she was kissing Kate. She went around kissing people and blah, blah, blah. They died and she stole from them. But she was angry because this man she loved yeah. had been killed. Because she loved him and he loved her. Yeah. And it didn't really get into any of that. Uh, see, and like that's the part that I liked. She was so angry that she just kind of like let. She, like, went from this, like, mild-mannered school teacher and, like, kind of, like, the rage really affected her and she got her revenge in her own way. You know what I mean? And so I liked that, like, this, this story that had, like, a kind of a cutesy tone to it. Like, oh, she kisses people as her, like, her calling card. Um, really came from a dark place. I liked that part. Yeah. Um, Like I said earlier, I didn't hate this book. And um, and while my first reaction was that, like, I think I might have liked it in, if I had read it in, like, middle school or, like, fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade, when I was looking for the negative reviews, because, spoiler alert, it is our next segment, um, I kind of rethought that. Um, quite a few of the reviews mentioned that they found the story boring, And, like, I wasn't bored, but I also read it in one afternoon. 
And so I wonder if, like, I had read, like, a chapter where they were digging a hole, put it the book down, and then came back, like, the next day, and I was reading another chapter about digging a hole, if I would have found it a lot more repetitive. Um, I also found that it ended really quickly, like, oh, this was Zeroni's nut neat or great-great-grandson, and so that's why this worked out, and he's back with his mother, and his mother's taking care of him again, and I, it all came together really quickly at the end, <laughs> like, yeah. nice bow on top, <laughs> like, that's, that seemed kind of weird, too, you know, and suddenly the dad, you know, his sneaker recycling thing worked out, and Zero was the one who stole the shoes and you know I mean there has to be coincidences in a story that's how they go but yeah that was another common complaint is that the sheer number of coincidences that need to take place for the story to come full circle um really bothered people and that did not bother me um (laughs) at all I was like yeah sure whatever (laughs) what I I can't remember if I picked up on this or if I reread it in one of the reviews but like somebody made the point that um the dad's like smelly foot powder solution he discovers it the same day that stanley carries zero up the mountain yeah. and so like that is like the moment that the curse breaks and the stanley's family's luck changes like on a dime which i yeah. thought was great i loved that like <laughs> You know, some people like things like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that was cute. I don't know that I needed Zero to accidentally steal the shoes. Like, that seemed like maybe a little tacked on, but maybe they needed, or they felt they needed a way to tie Zero's story in a little bit more to yeah. Stanley's. Um. I think that the book, like, starts to try and raise questions about like not only the criminal justice system in this country um like just with the way that the boys are at um put sent to this detention center but also with sam's death and like killed by a mob kind of thing um but i also wonder how much of my reading of that is based on the time that we live in now and in 2000 we weren't talking about police violence and brutality in the same way that we are now. I wonder if, like, I would have picked up on that or if it would have resonated in the same way. I also wonder if he would have, if Mr. Sackar, Louis Sackar, would have written those storylines in the same way now as he did right. then. I mean, not that I expected the town to have repercussions, but, well, the repercussions was the drought. Yeah, like, the town died. It touches on these issues in, like, a way that is, like, a huge, heavy hammer, but, like, also very subtle. Like, I I don't know how to explain it, really, but, like, maybe it's just, like, the lack of nuance, I guess. is And, like, how do you explain lynching to fifth graders with nuance, I guess, is maybe the point. Yeah. So, I wanted to say that, like, hate seems like a really strong word for a book like book hate like I didn't enjoy this story I found a lot of issues with the storytelling and the different things that happened but it gave me a lot to think about Mm -hmm. in terms of like you said um the criminal justice system lynching violence against people who has power and who doesn't um 
being uh, an active participant in your own life versus letting things happen to you. Um, the whole idea of destiny, of having a destiny and not being able to break that cycle. So all of those things kind of came up, even though I didn't enjoy the story and I didn't particularly care for the characters. I do think I got some interesting thoughts mm -hmm. out of the story. We clearly had some opinions about this book. Um, and while we weren't alone, um, or I guess I should say you, Michelle, weren't alone in disliking Holes, uh, you were outnumbered uh, quite a bit. Um, <laughs> at, at first glance, it was a little difficult to find some negative reviews. But rest assured, the good people of the internet managed to find something to complain about. Why can't they complain about? I'm curious. Uh, overall, uh, on Amazon, Holes has a 4.8 out of 5 star rating and a 3.97 out of 5 star rating on Goodreads. But I did find some negative reviews, and so I, I do want to share um, one in particular. Um, Julian on Goodreads writes, um, and I do want to preface this by saying this review is much longer than I would normally read on the podcast. Okay. Um, and it is in all caps, the entire thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Julian writes, let me start off by saying I absolutely hated every page of this book that I read. The repetition was starting to annoy me. Just because the book was always like, Stanley this, Stanley that. Okay, I get it. The main character, the main, main, not main, main character is Stanley. But can we at least go two lines without mentioning the main character's freaking name for, like, for real? After a while, the name Stanley Yantelis, I still can't say it, uh, starts to get on your nerves. <laughs> One of the things that annoyed me the most was when the author mentioned that Camp Green Lake, there was no lake, at least like 10 times in the first five pages. Honestly, I felt like the whole time I was reading this book, it was written by a five-year-old. Not many... <laughs> uh, this was the very first period that has occurred in this <laughs> review. BT dubs. Uh, not many characters were introduced in the pages that I read, and I'm glad I didn't meet all of those characters because Stanley was just so annoying. Stop blaming some random curse and take responsibility for your actions. Maybe you should have at least done some research before stealing those shoes. He didn't steal the shoes. <laughs> I honestly don't care one bit about this book, and it feels good to let everybody know about how I feel. <laughs> So you will have noticed that he didn't read the entire book <laughs> and he didn't meet all the characters. So he couldn't have gotten very far. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed that review a lot. Um, we also oh, have. Maybe the name Stanley Yelnes means he's like going backward and forward all the time. He's going backward and forward in his behavior mm -hmm. and what he's thinking. And the, and the old day, you know, like his great great grandparents did something. That, that came back to repercussions for him. You know, there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah, it kind of, like, points to the fact that, like, this family is stuck. Also, I have another review. Um, this is from Amazon, and it's by Homebody3. I ordered this book based on great reviews. Finished it quickly, but I don't get it. At first, I thought, maybe it's like Animal Farm. This book is written for fifth graders. It is not like Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like that one either. But after finishing Holes, what was the point? I kept waiting for the great revelation, the great ending to tie it all together. Very disjointed to me. Whatever message there is, it's probably at the bottom of one of those holes. I wouldn't <laughs> waste time with this one. 
<laughs> there are a number of other books worth reading. <laughs> like, literally every plot, like, line in this book ties together. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then our last review is from a retired educator um, titled Confusing and Boring. Uh, depressing book about sadistic people. Not a book I want influencing my children. Not everything that is available to put between your ears is worth storing there. <laughs> uh-huh. So those were... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so those were some of our negative reviews um, that we found on the internet. So. If our listeners are looking for something else that they might enjoy if they don't like holes if they agree with you michelle do you have any other better options that you want to suggest um i would say the city of sparks was a really good story hey guys ashley here uh the title michelle meant to say is city of ember by janine de it's about a community that lives underground and they have like electricity underground and food underground and they keep all this stuff in storage and they're running out of storage and this why are they living underground what what's going on why can't they be above ground um is there like a scary world out there and like the girl who's like about the same age is 10 11 12 is trying to figure it out and she's you know works in the community and she and another kid decide to escape my first thought was Masterminds by Gordon oh, Corman. Yeah. Um, and so that book is about kids who live in like this perfect idyllic town. Um, and as they are like prepping for a school project, they find out that each child in the town is part of like a government experiment about um, the children of like known criminals. And so each of them has like a parent that is like, a mafia boss or like a Carmen Sandiego-esque thief or something like that. And so this experiment yeah. is all about if these kids will be evil geniuses just like their parents given like an idyllic like home life kind of thing. Um, so that was the first book I thought of. Um, I also thought of Hoot by Carl. Oh, Hoot is so funny. Yeah. Um, yes, so I think Hoot is a way better book. And I think we actually read that for the same book group. So, and I think that also won um, a Newbery or a National Book Award or something like that. It, it also won one of those big words, and it was also made into a movie. So, we've got, like, a very strong parallel there. Okay, did you have any other options, either movies or uh, books or TV shows that you think somebody who didn't like Holes might enjoy? I also think, like, The Lightning Thief might be a good story for kids who uh, either okay. even did or did not like this story. Mm-hmm. Because that kid, he also has a destiny. Yeah. He also, there's like, I mean, if you think about the Greek myths, you're sort of, you are trapped. They are trapped. They're just like, this is it. This is it. This this is the story. And it was already written and you're in it. And too bad for you because you're dying (laughs) on the next page. This is just the way it is. And you can pick up the book tomorrow and we're going to tell you the same thing. You know, the characters aren't able to break free, but... The character in that, I can't remember his name. Percy Jackson. Uh, Percy. Percy Jackson, of course. <laughs> he kind of does break free and he challenges all the other yeah. gods and goes to all these places. And Rick Riordan, some of the other series too, I read uh, his, the 
one about um, Valhara, which was a really fun read. Magnus Chase, is that the guy's Magnus name? Magnus Chase, yeah. yeah. And I'm not as familiar with the myths out of um, that area of the world as I am with the Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. So I had some surprises that came at me. <laughs> I think those are really fascinating stories. And of course, it's supernatural. It's Greek gods and yeah. totally throw all rules about the world out the window when you read them. So, how about you? I had a couple of books that I thought people might enjoy. And one is called Lemons by Melissa Savage. And it's about a girl who like, um, is sent to live with her grandfather who she doesn't really know and they kind of bond over looking for Bigfoot um, okay. and then Tumble in Blue by Cassie Beasley um, and it's about and it's kind of similar in two holes in that there's like different timelines and there is like a magical thing that will grant luck and so a um, hundred years ago there were two people that were looking for this magical alligator and the first person to find it gets good luck for themselves and all of their descendants. But if two people find it at the same time, only one person gets the good luck and the other person has bad luck for themselves and all of their descendants. So that happens 100 years ago. And then these two family, these two kids from these families come back and try and like even things out. And usually I have some like movie recommendations or um tv shows but i don't have any right now um heavyweights is my recommendation like during as soon as uh stanley gets to the detention camp it made me think of all of my favorite summer camp movies and so and maybe that's why i didn't think anybody was bullying each other at the camp is because i I immediately thought of that scene in heavyweights where the little kid uh the young man, I suppose, uh, arrives at camp and like everybody's just introducing him and telling everybody's nicknames and like that's what I associated it with. And so maybe that's why I've seen rose-colored glasses. All right, Michelle, we are now at our final segment, which is oh. when um, each guest gets asked the same questions, kind of James Lipton from Inside the Actor's Studio style. Your first question is, what book character would you like to be your best friend? Oh. Oh, I know who. So not from this book. No, from any book that you've ever read. Okay. I would love Anna Green Gables to be my friend. She is so funny and so sweet. She has such a great imagination, and all she wanted to do was love everyone. That's all she wanted. You are the second person on the podcast to um, suggest Anna Green Gables as their best friend. Yeah. Amber, my sister from the Hatchet episode, also wanted Anne to be her friend. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so and we're so, both friends with you. I know. Like, I'm Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> uh, what book character would you never want to meet? So this could be because they're, like, really mean or scary or they're just rude and boring. Like, never you would just want never want to meet. I'm sure there's somebody out there in my brain who I would never want to meet, but hmm, the best I can come up with at the moment on a flash Mm -hmm. is Lila from, uh, listeners at home, you can't see, but I just threw my chair back in shock. (laughs) 
I can't believe you don't want to meet Lila Flower from Sweet Valley High. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was awful. She was horrendous. Oh, no, she's perfect. <laughs> she has a so lime green triumph. One extreme of Lila at the other. You have them together in the same room. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that. We might have to reconsider our friendship, Michelle. <laughs> We'll put it in the notes. <laughs> okay. If you could join the story of a book, what story would you join? So you wouldn't necessarily be like the main character. You'd be like a side character. So kind of like a Rosencrantz and Gilderstein in Hamlet situation. Um, let's see. What book would I want to join into? Um, it would have to be something fun and exciting, an adventure story. Mm-hmm. I think I think it would have to be a science fiction or fantasy story. Oh, yeah. I I um I oh you know what I was just reading was um, Aurora Burning. So okay. I read Aurora Rising and Aurora Burning, and those were so good. I think that would be a good place to be. Yeah, not not that I want to be. I mean, I mean either either one of the characters doing the chasing, mm-hmm. but not one of the not one of the characters who are horrible. Guess, so like so. one of the other people in like the flight cadet school. Yeah. Yeah. Flight <laughs> cadet school kid. Yeah. Uh, I'd be <laughs> if you were to have a literary meal, what who would you invite? So what characters would you invite or authors? Um, and what would you serve? So if you were you could have like lunch or tapas or yeah so um I think I'd have some of my favorite things like pizza and chips and salsa and chips and dip and stuff like that I think it would be like Jane Austen and um what would Jane Austen's reaction be to like pizza it's just what would Jane Austen's reaction be to pizza like does she like pineapple on her pizza yeah that's a good question (laughs) I think she would like it. I think she would think it was very decadent and she would only eat a very small piece because even though at that time they didn't wear stays as my daughter, my daughter loves to investigate like fashion. Like that was the time of the empire waist when you could actually breathe and yeah. eat. Um, I think she would still only have a small piece and she would probably want a second. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's see who else would I, Oh, Mr. Darcy of course would have to be there. And um, Anne would be invited, and um, oh, a few other people like that. Yeah. Okay. Of my favorites. So you're gonna have like a smorgasbord situation. Yeah. <laughs> it, would be, it would be a lot of cheese and crackers and cheese. <laughs> We're just gonna we're wrapping up. Um, so this episode we've been talking all about holes by Lewis Sacker, um, and Michelle hated it, or maybe not hated. We kind of came back from that a little bit. Yeah, came down from hate, but it just it's not one of my favorite books. I think it's got some good lessons. It's interesting. It's just not for you. This has been our latest episode of Book Hate. Um, if you agree with us, if you also dislike holes um or if you maybe you liked it and you tell us that we're wrong 
let us know. You can send us an email on our page. Um, and if we get any comments, um, we'll share them on a future episode of Book Hate. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Michelle, my guest. Thanks, Ashley. This was fun. And we will talk to you soon. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you.